0: Welcome to Canqueer, home of Canada's Queer Media. My name is Luke Smith, and I'm Sebastian. And uh, you can hear me, hunky dory. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Excellent. I want to quickly do a little a shout peek out.
1: behind the curtain. We've been having technical difficulties.
0: You, you're not supposed <laughs> to give the game away, Sebastian. You don't. You don't tell them that we're having technical difficulties. That's, you know what, uh... though?
1: We we adapted and we overcame. So that that's a that's a feather in our bonnet. This or whatever true. the expression is. Wait, do
0: you put feathers in bonnets? I don't think bonnets typically Isn't it hold caps? feathers. caps? Aren't they usually caps putting feathers in caps? This year. See? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I just realized that, uh, yeah, when I add things to a playlist, it starts automatically. So we'll, yep, we'll yep, get yep. to that in just a few minutes. All right. Holy smokes. What a uh, day and what a week it's been if you live in Halifax. Are you aware of the Halifax... Uh, a hubbub that is happening. I couldn't think of any other words for chaos that remind, that begin with H. A haliballoo. I, I have not heard the, the Halifax hubbub. A the halibax, uh The uh, Halifax
1: uh, uh, hoedown. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, it
0: almost was a hoedown, and I can uh-huh. assure you of that much. All right. Well, let's start off with uh, straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. A st- First of all, there have been a flurry of statements from Halifax Pride. Okay. Um, some of which were in the first person and read, like, diary entries. Um, okay,
1: okay. Don't bury the lead. What's the story? So
0: this is... I'm going to be reading from Halifax Pride's latest mm-hmm. uh, announcement uh, okay. so that we can start off with where they're at now. And uh, everything else around it is a lot of conjuncture, lots of he says, she said, they said, or. They
1: to be journalistically honest what they're claiming is where we are at
0: now absolutely okay well first of all we've talked about Halifax Pride in uh December I think it was where we talked about Halifax Pride losing their executive director uh, mm-hmm. losing another member of staff and I think mm-hmm. like half the board resigned all in okay. one all in one big swoosh uh they brought in new board members for Halifax Pride um mm-hmm. And I think it, it was November-ish. They brought in about half a half a new board, um, and even since then, things have continued to spiral for this Ooh. small regional pride organization. So we're gonna I'm gonna jump into it. Just read the statement so that we can all start off on the same foot, uh, which is their official foot, I suppose. Okay. It would. It would read. Yes. They say, dear queer community of the Halifax regional municipality. We are undergoing significant changes following the recent departures of board members and staff. Last fall, the remaining members of the board hosted an annual meeting and a special general meeting and elected new members to the organization. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, December 29th, social media posts raised the awareness of allegations regarding the mistreatment of former festival staff and volunteers. These are allegations we do not take lightly, despite our initial response, which has been rescinded. We recognize how these allegations, the statements, and the subsequent responses deeply affect community members, which is still healing from the recent history of turmoil. As well as Halifax Pride standing in the queer community, we would like to sincerely apologize. And this is italicized. On behalf of the Halifax Pride Organization, we would like to apologize to all of the individuals who were impacted by the working conditions of the Halifax Pride Festival in years prior. It goes on to say... Over the course of the last year, a strategic audit brought to the attention of the board sitting at the time. The outcomes of this endeavor were presented at this past general special meeting and are being implemented moving forward to ensure we can build and maintain an operating structure that is truthfully and genuinely committed to being diverse, equitable, inclusive, accessible with programming that matches and reflects these values for you, our community. That was a long sentence that i've I've stopped reading now i need to catch a breath because that was that wasn't a run-on sentence that was a marathon sentence anyway i'll carry on uh implementation also means a healthy balance and respectful work environment uh they would additionally like to clarify our current organizational standing we are still an operational board And we do intend on hosting events this year that are reflective of the community needs. On January 23rd, we will be hosting a virtual special general meeting. Lastly, we are looking for members to join the board and an immediate need for a new executive director to provide leadership and guidance to the organization is clear and steps will be taken to find the right person for the position as soon as possible. We will be posting links to the registration, so on so forth. Um, it essentially then says how to register and find out. So just to be very clear here, what has happened is there was an Instagram post on Halifax Pride's Instagram page, uh, essentially saying, there's just one director, we're shutting up shop, there's going to be no parade next year. Uh, okay. Things had just spiraled to the point that, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's an implosion, if there's just still one person left standing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: since then, they claim they have a functioning board, which according to their bylaws is five people. Uh, I followed up, I know that uh, great reporting by The Coast out in Halifax. Uh, they checked the Nova Scotia um, company's registry, and I actually double-checked it as well this morning. And they have eight people uh, um officially according to the company registrar uh, Ooh, on their wow. board uh, one okay. of whom joined in early january so sort of subsequent to this uh um halabaloo uh, as it were um so yeah it's it's just it is a ridiculous uh, situation that Halifax pride finds himself in i want to just clarify that there have been allegations of I mean, the allegations are wide ranging, and I think the mm-hmm. fact that Pride, uh, Halifax Pride, acknowledges it in their official statement, I think does le- lead, you know, lend some some credence to uh, to these allegations. Allegations of uh, potentially a toxic working environment, uh, allegations of racism, and ableism, and sexism have sort of flurried around uh, in that space. Uh, mm-hmm. My understanding is that some people ran for the board who aren't currently in Halifax but were moving there. They got accused of things that they, you know, they weren't even in the city for. Um, mm-hmm. Existing board members have been a bit of a revolving door. It seems, you know, we talk about uh, small town politics or you know the queer community being a little bit incestuous at times, and I think that that's really what's happening here i get the sense that there's a lot of personalities people are throwing previous iterations of their board under the bus mm. um allegations this doesn't are feel like
1: small town pride though this feels like big city pride because mm-hmm. usually the the problem with big cities is um they're big enough that you can disappear into the crowd small towns everybody knows each other And people know not to burn bridges because there is a finite number of people in the community. And if you burn too many bridges, you end up just having to move town. This is something we've talked about on and off over the years. People... Uh, actually a few years ago, I knew, uh, three different people. I don't think they knew each other who moved to Ottawa because they had burned too many bridges in Toronto and they had no friends left Mm -hmm. and they just had to start a new life. They had to get a new job. They had to get a new city. They had just burned too many bridges and they were a little bit uptight in their social circles, but that's just because they had learned their lesson and they didn't want to repeat any mistakes and small towns. People are more aware of this, more aware of the long-term, more aware of, of the long-term impacts of their decisions and what they say and what they do. Uh, Usually when you see these meltdowns on pride committees, you see them in places like Toronto or Vancouver. Um, So, I mean, the, the, the small town of it, I think, uh, Halifax is bigger than it seems. Um, I think relative to Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Uh, you look at the number of population there, but it also serves the surrounding regions. But, but anyway, yeah, basically the, the short version is there's a ton of infighting for, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a a bunch of allegations. Um, some of them may have been a little histrionic and some of them probably were 100% true from the outside. It's hard to say what's what, but you can't have that much going on in an organization without it being a mid nineties American soap opera. Um, they can't all be true. I'm sorry, but all those allegations cannot be true at the same time. Otherwise, I want to see the HBO documentary on that because that would be so hilarious.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, some of it. Is I mean, let's be. Definitely... I'm gonna stop you there. It, it would be a CBC documentary. I mean, come on. True. Yeah, it's a true, fifth true, estate. It's got fifth estate written all over it.
1: True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's got to be true, and I, from the outside, I refuse to guess as to what's what. But um, yeah, just really complicated. It's a pity that they, they can't kind of get their act together. I think um, Ottawa, when, when Ottawa went through this, their solution, it kind of emerged organically. I don't think anybody planned on doing this, but they kind of ended up having an outsider board mm-hmm. minus two individuals. Everybody who was on the board after the collapse of Ottawa pride had never sat on the board before and had volunteered for pride organizations or for other lgbt organizations before but never pride so it was basically 100 percent fresh um they were just there for the festival they had a, a unified vision about what that might be and the the executive director had a background in running events and festivals and she was a heterosexual but uh she was married to a bisexual man I don't know if that's sufficient for some people but she was hired on the merits of her qualification she was there to make sure that the festival happened and to instill a sense of professionalism i think in the short term like obviously i I agree that pride events any kind of cultural festival i mean you could be talking about the turkish cultural festival for all i care it should be predominantly if not universally people from that organization but when you go through periods like this getting in a little bit of outside help to clean the slate Not a bad idea necessarily, at least even just for one year.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Pride Halifax, Halifax Pride have really struggled. This will be now, you know, they had their AGM. They didn't sufficiently fill the spots on their board. More people resigned. Mm -hmm. They had a special general meeting, uh, again, to fill some more (laughs) more spots. More people have resigned. You know, Mm -hmm. their board has, you know, a comparison to a sieve. You know, people, you know, sometimes you get stuck in between the holes. But a lot of these uh, board directors are just coming in and then falling straight back through again. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know, this the January twenty third they're having another special general meeting. We'll try and see if we can Sit in on that and see uh, how it unfolds. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You know Ottawa Pride. You know Halifax Pride. You're not the only only time a pride organisation has gone barely up. Um, mm-hmm. Folks in Toronto will know of the the fraught relationship mm-hmm. between the uh, the members and the stakeholders in Toronto Pride. And uh, for example, the former executive director of Toronto Pride and the allegations of misleading federal grants, um, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as other major issues that have uh, that had emerged and um, but yeah and i think even montreal pride had some issues but mm-hmm, you're right mm-hmm. with ottawa pride they had a similar you know spectacular collapse they yes. went bankrupt uh, yep. and it was the small business leaders that stepped in because yep. what the organizational needed at the time was organizational capacity it needed that uh that sort of generic know-how and glue to run it as an event yeah um, and you can build up from there. you can yeah, get yeah. folks who are more passionate and, and, and that.
1: to be to be honest about the situation it wasn't perfect there were choppy waters but the boat didn't sink and that's mm-hmm. the that's the key point here you know that it did they managed to launch that ship again, and it did get out onto the water, and and it's still going, and it's still solvent. They're not bankrupt, as far as we know. Anyway, there's no problems. um It's a it's a difficult and imperfect solution, but it does seem to be the one that functions. So I don't you know, know,
0: I think it's important that they find folks willing to step up and. Uh, take on a leadership role, preferably, and I hate to say this, with no former experience in Halifax Pride, because there mm-hmm. is there is a uh, a poisoned pool of talent there, by the looks of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I I bring this up because, you know, the Halifax Human Rights Commission (laughs) was one of their sponsors. And there's allegations now of a toxic work environment. You know, Mm -hmm. the uh, city of Halifax was a sponsor. The province of Nova Scotia was a sponsor. TD Bank, Manula Financial. You know, these are organizations that uh, the government of Canada was also listed as a sponsor. Air Canada, Virgin Radio. I mean, even the CBC... At a certain point, if they don't get their uh, their governance at the very least in order, it will mm-hmm. be a it will be quite a surprise as to whether or not these institutions, who have their own reputations to look out for, uh, mm-hmm. come back and support them for twenty twenty three. I suspect because the community always wants to gather, always wants to celebrate and uh, engage with pride. I suspect that no matter what happens here with Halifax Pride's own governance there will be some kind of pride parade either official or unofficial or just 20 queer folks marching down the street something mm-hmm. will happen you know there is uh, when it comes to organizing a parade I think we are notoriously uh, effective at it but whether or not the institution of Halifax Pride uh, can really recover itself in the next four to five months uh, that's going to be a real real question
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also seems to be an issue. And, and this might be part of what makes a lot of the pride organizations in Canada collapse is the bad habit of overthinking things. Mm. Uh, the history of pride was fundamentally just you had. Uh, we'll, well, we'll take Toronto's Church Street, for example, just because it's an easy example. And I think a lot of I mean, a lot of our listeners are in Toronto, uh, but it, it's it's a pretty easy one. You had a whole bunch of bars on Church Street. You had a few uh drop-in centers you had a few uh clubs sports organizations that kind of thing and they were all kind of doing their own thing anyway they they had like um you know they're they were celebrating pride at around the same time this was before pride was a formal thing and you had special events at this bar and special events at that bar and they all kind of got together and decided let's do some kind of overarching event basically more like a business association doing a street fair um And then uh, the parade was kind of a a separate issue because the parade was more of a march that didn't necessarily get the the proper permits. Uh, And in most cities in Canada, you don't need permits to do a a foot march, so long as it's not too long and you're not blocking traffic and all that. There's, There's things you can do to do a march without a permit. Um, and then they sort of smushed them together and got the bunch of people to organize everything. And fundamentally, that's what you're there to do. And I, there are a lot of organizations that struggle with trying to do everything for everyone, when really what you're there to do is put on a parade, do one or two events for the whole community, and then otherwise coordinate all the different groups in town to make sure that whatever it is that they want to do, it gets done. So if you want to have You know, some kind of Afro-Caribbean event, if you don't have Afro-Caribbean people on the board, it's going to look tacky because you're you're outsiders doing somebody else's event coordinate with a local LGBT Afro-Caribbean group and say, what kind of thing do you want to do? We will support you if you do that. And then you get, voila, you've got an Afro-Caribbean event done by Afro-Caribbean people and no one's going to accuse you of co-opting or or anything like that because the appropriate people did it in the first place and the 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 pride organization is really just there to sort of model leadership you know how do you get your event done on time how do you advertise it how do you make sure you attract the right number of people how do you pick a venue all that kind of stuff it depends like there are some organ uh, some communities that are much better at doing that saying like we are just here to facilitate we're not here to throw the party other than the parade and even then the parade is fundamentally just filing the paperwork so that it can happen and everyone you do your own march you get your own people together like it's i don't know versus there are some communities where the the pride committee does everything they do organize everything and i think in a small town pride that's that's possible because there's fewer people to entertain usually small towns have less diversity uh one way or another and there's less things to account for when you get to bigger communities you kind of need to account for that
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the mantra of nothing about us without us applies to so many communities. And mm-hmm. pride should be a platform that amplifies the voices that make up uh, make up our community as a whole. You know, I don't know. I think Pride uh, Halifax is in a very sticky, yeah. uh, sticky position. But we I mean, will we'll keep an eye on it.
1: You could also say you can't please everyone, so it's better to disappoint everyone just a little.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um maybe this next song is a good anthem for uh, Halifax pride. This is Throw Away You" by Knitting, a sort of pandemic pandemic uh era uh band that sort of gathered during uh, obviously during the pandemic. Anyway, this is Throw Away You" by Knitting and we will be back just after this.
3: I'm swimming, I'm still drowning over here
0: Hello and welcome back to Canque, home of Canada's Queer Medium. My name is still Luke Smith,
1: and I'm Sebastian.
0: And uh, well, first of all, let's touch on another, uh, well, uh, frankly, contentious issue. There, there is uh, no two ways about it. Um, Whoa! You're getting close to the mic. <laughs> oh, I'm getting close. To Sorry about that. I, didn't I was leaning in to read my uh, my uh, the, the story in front of me, and then, uh, of course, uh, I, as it were, I leaned in for our audience at the same time. Uh, lots of uh, lots of leaning. Okay. Um, Yes, so <laughs> sorry, you made me lose my trail of thought there. Uh, the next story I wanted to talk about was something that has caused uh, significant uh, consternation amongst our, uh, our, our audience in uh, the Halton, Halton Regional District School Board. So mm-hmm. for those who are not uh, familiar, actually my, my, my brother actually goes to... Um, Goes to the okay. I'm going to just pause because Sebastian is frantically <laughs> telling me that my my levels are too high. Uh, my <laughs> levels are fine. You just need to turn your headphones down. <laughs> so it's that's it's All this right. is a you problem, not a me problem. Okay. So in uh, the Halton District School Board, there is a uh, teacher there who is uh, I think they've uh, they you know it's become common knowledge is transitioning in in different ways um, and has opted to choose prosthetics that are. Are at the very least, distracting. Yes. Um, I think we've been they've been referred to as you know you you know the A, B, C and D cups. These are uh, I think I don't think it's a real thing, but they refer to as like Z cups or Z cups. Like yes. they are um, distracting. I think is the best best <laughs> phrase, and what mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with. So it it's caused a lot of issues because. The Ontario Human Rights Code, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, the Ontario Human Rights Code is very clear. You can't discriminate against somebody based on gender expression. And this mm-hmm. applies to students as much as it applies to the faculty and the staff. Right. And uh, so it's important that, you know, if someone's expressing their gender um, you know, I think the question becomes where are the reasonable limits on that? And I mean, it's human rights codes so It also
1: applies to passengers on a bus. Um,
0: well, it generally speaks to be universal. workplaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Private yeah. Private workplaces yeah. Um, or, yeah. yeah, the government, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's you know, the, hand, the Holton District School Board's hands are slightly tied mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, there's a human rights code. Now, mm-hmm. what they have announced is that they will be... Uh, asking these teachers to have a dress code. Mm-hmm. And the dress code would be uh, to maintain appropriate and professional standards of dress. So Is that how they're defining it? That's it? End yep, of list? Yep. That the the school board uh, trustees passed a resolution uh, kind of asking for the school board to kind of move on this and uh, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. develop a policy for staff on dress and decorum in the classroom. The uh, school board has now decided that it's going to create a desk code for the staff uh, that would be sort of professional and relevant to, uh, you know, all all staff um, without, mm-hmm. you know, obviously going too far. Um, but I think it's left people kind of frustrated because obviously there was the latitude in the Human Rights Code, there was a latitude in the collective agreements with, you know, staff and teachers that would allow for a reasonable dress code to be introduced because mm-hmm. they are now introducing <laughs> a reasonable dress code. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: But this has left a lot of parents sort of scratching their head, going, well, why, when this came up in September, why was this not a reasonable solution identified in September? Why did it take September, October, November, and December over a dozen bomb threats... And mm-hmm. uh, other, other other threats, I mean, the, fa- the amount of times this school has had to be evacuated mm-hmm. because people have called in threats is, uh, well, frankly, it's disgraceful. And I take real umbrage with those people, I think, who are causing more distraction by making threats against the school, the faculty and the school board, resulting mm-hmm. in these, you know, big evacuations or having the uh, uh, the police coming in and do sweeps of the building you know i think it seems to be almost a once a week occurrence Whilst this has been blown up Mm -hmm. but yeah parents are asking themselves you know why now and not much sooner when they first became aware of this uh, um, this gender expression that's perhaps on the the extreme let's say
1: yes yes well As it happens, um, I actually do remember back in September, you, Mr. Luke, said, why don't they just introduce a dress code? That'll make this go away. So when I actually read this update, I remember thinking, I think Luke had that solution. The other thing is uh, the definition that you provided, uh, that could mean anything. You could have somebody show up in literally whatever they want, and you could have one teacher say that doesn't look professional. And then the one who's dressing in a questionable manner can just say, I disagree. And there you go. Uh, I think it needs a little bit more refining than that. I think the sort of 1960s definition of, you know, women must wear a skirt of a length that is exactly two inches above the knee or whatever, like uh, not necessarily going that far. But how do you know you have uh, violated or satisfied a definition if it's defined as I know it when I see it? Um, You got to do better than that. As for, I don't know, some of the... Some of the, the, the fallout from this is clearly um, at least partly just edgy teenagers. It'll be students from the school. Some of those bomb threats, some of those distractions, some of those things are are, are probably students from that school. Not to deny the fact that there might be outside agents who are, uh, let's say, distasteful yeah, I'm, individuals. I'm, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt and disagree because I do not believe no? that these bomb threats or, or any of this outrageous behavior has originated from students. Uh, frankly because this particular case it's mm-hmm. juicy it's the the photographs are uh, uh, preposterous uh, mm-hmm. and it got picked up by the most radical right-wing media in the states. And they are speaking it got to up a, by the most
1: radical left-wing media too. Like that's, it got picked up by everyone. It I don't got picked think up a by a lot of assessment. people,
0: but it's speaking yeah. to a uh, particular uh, frenzied audience that are, uh, you know, not unknown to mm-hmm. cause this kind of. Reaction. Oh yeah, for sure. So, for sure, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Think, it's it's probably not a zero number, blame. but I
1: remember being a teenager, and I remember when exams were coming around, and I remember classmates going to a payphone nearby to do a firebomb threat to my school so they could get out of exams. Like I remember being a teenager and overhearing these things from my peers, like people change over time, but not that much. Like I'm just well, saying,
0: I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to flatly disagree with you there, uh, mm-hmm. Sebastian. But I will answer my own question because although I do think that uh, it is a little ridiculous that the school board took as long as it did, and in that intervening time, this mm-hmm. issue has become a. Uh, You know, it's not just a hot potato, it's a scalding mound of of starch. Like, it has been, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a huge mess to have to deal with. You know, but they... The uh, National Post reached out to, and I'm just picking up here, uh, Curtis N. is the D- director of education for the school board. And they said in the statement that the HDSB's commitment to human rights remains rooted in the core values and commitment to each and every student and staff who identifies as a member of an undeserved and underrepresented group. And our approach is informed by opinions from leading employment law firms with human rights and equity advisors. And it is that last piece there, opinions Mm -hmm. from leading employment law firms and human rights and equity advisors, because I am 100% certain that the reason why this took four months was because they were covering their backs with yeah, legal yeah. advice to see exactly what they can say and what they can't say you know where where is the line so that they can tiptoe to the very 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 edge of it uh, mm-hmm. and be and be absolutely safe and secure because you know we do need to protect the gender expression of Uh, the staff and the faculties and the students. um, But having nothing in place to moderate that has created this vacuum. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've seen the kind of ridiculousness that has bubbled up. But maybe they could have moved quicker. Maybe the opinions of employment lawyers and and equity consultants could have been solicited a little bit sooner and a little bit Mm -hmm. more, more quickly. But yeah, that's my, that's my spidey sense for, for why things have taken the months that it has is Mm -hmm. that it was just the legal, the legal background checking that, uh, that took the time. Is that your, your interpretation, Seb?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's what I assumed had happened anyway. uh, I've been in organizations that were dealing with uh, human rights lawyers and, they are thorough to the point where you want to shake them. I mean, God bless their hearts for being thorough, but there's times where you're like, just can I have an executive summary, please? Like, if you have to recount it later, not recount, recant it later, that's fine. I just need a, an advanced version. And then some of the uh, human rights organizations are very busy. Um Or very hesitant to put anything firm down because, again, like they want to cover their tracks. They want to make sure they don't speak out of turn. They don't want to say anything that they have to take back later. But in the end, you're just hurting cats. Very well-intended cats. You know, uh, uh, cats who are very, very talented at hunting spiders. uh, But they are nevertheless kind of cats sometimes.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I. Yeah. Exactly. Um. One of the things that we've been keeping an eye on. I don't know if you were aware of this, but where. I mean, it's it's frankly it's just disappointing, that we're starting to see more and more protests emerge around. Uh, drag story times that are happening. I think out in Renfrew County, there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a counter protest that had uh, been gathered. Uh, and there was a drag story time out in the lower mainland in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. And that led to a uh, protest plan for that one. I mean, these are drag queens who, are, I think the drag queen there was like in the late 50s. And they are literally just reading a book. Uh, mm-hmm. In drag, um, in, in caricature, in uh, you know, it's it's similar to what you would expect. at a, I mean, in Britain we have pantomimes. I don't know if that tradition is quite the same here. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's 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 performance. It's it's over the top, um, and they're usually reading children's books. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the Lower Mainland had a protest planned, and uh, some LGBT folks. Heard about the uh, protest planned for this uh, drag story time. I think uh, uh, Darcy Michael went out there and uh, on his TikTok said that he was going to show up and uh, counter protest. Anyways, I believe a good couple of hundred queer folks rallied around this event uh, to counter protest. And it is some truly incredible footage uh, that has emerged uh, out of that don't get me wrong if as parents you feel that this is maybe not a pro you don't want your child to witness a drag queen reading a, a children's story uh, there's a few options available one don't go mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a very effective option mm-hmm. um they're unscheduled days you can still go to the library but yeah And they're usually in a different room like it's not that hard to it's not like you're going to accidentally bump into a drag story time you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Unless you're on Church Street, in which case you could easily accidentally bump into a drag queen. Like that's yeah. But then you just avoid Church Street. This is true. I know.
1: There, there, there are are, are adult gay men who avoid Church Street. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge you. <laughs> <laughs> this is... your listener. If you're like, oh, <laughs> Maybe yeah, not. No, absolutely. But yeah,
0: you don't, you don't like drag story time. That's fine. Don't go. Like that is yeah, the yeah. easiest option. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to stand outside ringing cowbells because you disagree with someone in drag reading a children's story. The other Mm -hmm. option is the fact that these libraries are creating programming, creating content that aligns with the Provincial Human Rights Code. So Mm -hmm. whatever they're doing has been checked and double-checked by multiple members of staff to make sure Mm -hmm. that it complies with the human rights legislations and nothing's, you know, they're, they're... publicly funded organizations you know nobody gets quite as careful as a publicly funded uh, institution you know what i mean so if mm-hmm. you have an issue with it reach out to the library or wherever it is you know find out how they've balanced competing needs and, and, and views you know have the conversation with the organizers don't show up mm-hmm. and cause distress because what it does is for those kids who are not your kids? Those kids who have been brought there by their parents, who want them to have an entertaining, you know, afternoon, something different than another episode of Paw Patrol. You know, they are being, you know, they have to get past this crowd of people jumping up and down, uh, causing a ruckus, where all they want to do is go and listen to a storybook. Like it's mm-hmm. just, there's just, be- I mean, how, who has the time? Who has the time to to devote to this? Um, mm. But yeah, I bring it up because hundreds of people went to the Lower Mainland uh, Pride Festival. I did have it lined up, uh, but I didn't bring the video onto my USB stick in this room, so we weren't able to play a clip. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating that we're seeing these protests happen. You know, in you know you would expect the Vancouver area to be you know pretty chill, but even out in Renfrew, when we're hearing about it more and more. Um, across the country, people feeling that they should protest these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think an email works. Um, I think not going works. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of things that I don't go to because I don't particularly want to uh, Mm -hmm. or don't agree with. So, yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah. What's your hot take on it?
1: I still think... (laughs) and i mentioned this quite some time ago i think this is um the traditional canadian problem of canadians protesting in reaction to something they saw in the states not knowing whether it's happening in canada as well for sure uh there have been some uh child friendly or i should put between quotation marks child friendly drag events in the states that footage leaked and it was not child friendly and people had a serious issue with children being present at these events Uh, no events like that have been recorded in Canada so far. Um, and I I think it's really just people are reacting to what they think might be possible instead Mm. of going, looking at it with their own eyes and being like, Oh, this is the harmless version of that. Like, you know, first check, then freak out. Um, I understand that people are afraid of a boy scouts slash hockey coach slash Catholic priest situation. Um, but at least double check before you start protesting. That's what I would I would say about anything, really. Don't make assumptions. Uh, check first. And uh, as you say, a lot of these events, people are given pretty thorough background checks before they get to be in the presence of other people's children. So if a library has a strict policy that they do background checks, then it's other than that, there's nothing to worry about, other than if you don't want your kids to see it, don't go.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be clear here, it would not be uh, unusual to expect a vulnerable sector background check uh, on anyone who is left unsupervised with children like that is mm. just that is standard you yep. know what i mean and you know that checks if anyone's ever been caught so there is that big you know spectral what if uh, yep, but yep. that's the same of of everybody you know what i mean like yep. that's there you know i comment. had
1: to do a background check when i sat on the pride committee not because i was in contact with other people's children unsupervised but it was not impossible that i might be
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, yeah, I mean, but finding out things like that, you know, if there's a drag story now and you're like, mm, maybe, 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 email the organizers. Have mm-hmm. they done vulnerable sector checks for, for mm-hmm. those involved? You know, these mm-hmm. are reasonable questions based on reasonable concerns. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just think we just need to take a hot breath, you know, a hot minute, sit back and go, okay, you know, maybe this is, it could be, it could be. But what are some reasonable measures I can take to find out the information and go from there? All right. We're going to jump to Homemaker by Fontaine and we'll be back just after this.
2: Never wanted to be a homemaker. I always wanted to live in the city. With the coffee shops and little bars, and the sirens and the busy cars, that's all I thought I'd need, I never was somebody's girl, so forgive me if I'm a little scared to give this thing a whirl, but need you know that you're making it I've lost my
0: Hello and welcome back to Canque, home of Canada's Queer Media. That was Homemaker by Fontine, and uh, my name is still Luke Smith, and I'm Sebastian. Accent, uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. So the last thing I want to do is talk about a constitutional crisis. In the United Kingdom. Ooh. Um, it's not often, you know, we do, we're do we not a fan of, well, I'm a fan of hyperbole, but uh, usually we try not to refer to things as constitutional crises, um, um, unless they actually are.
1: Depending on the news source you're looking at, there's about two a year in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Not really, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> depends on the news source. Yeah.
0: So let's, st- I want to start off with uh, Canada. First, you know, let's let's because I think it's important as we're talking about this that we understand what that process looks like here in Canada so we can kind of get you know a sense of where we're looking at. So, let's say you wanted to change your uh, gender identity on your permanent residence card or your passport or uh, another sort of piece of immigration documentation. All you have to include is uh, it's a form, it's one form Mm -hmm. called the Request for Change of Sex or Gender Identifier Form. And mm-hmm. uh it's you ask for which form it is your legal name. Uh if you need a guardian to sign it, if you're you know below a certain age, um you put that in and uh I believe that is that is about it. Um yeah, that's you don't the, have to
1: pay like a twenty five dollar. There's always a
0: processing fee. There's always a processing I'm not gonna detail all of it. And it's usually a weird fees.
1: number too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forty no, forty two dollars and nineteen cents. But yeah, yeah 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 no it's uh, uh, although these days they do rent it off to a nice clean number um but yeah usually most things uh you, do, do you need any supporting documentation to go with that do no need... no
0: i do not believe uh, so for for federally um yeah so they ontario does not issue uh, the province of ontario does not issue change of sex designation certificates um okay. so that that sort of uh differs um, so, yeah, for an adult, you <laughs> for Ontario as well, you just need to be uh, born in Ontario, 16 years of age or older. Um, if you're below that, you can get a guardian involved in the process. Um, you apply with a form, because it's always a form. Um, mm-hmm. You make a statutory declaration. Um, now, Ontario does also require a letter signed by a practicing physician or psychologist, Uh, or a psychologist uh, um, associate, and then uh, your previous birth documentations so that they know Mm -hmm. who you are, you know, in the grand sense of things. So Ontario, you've got to fill in a form. They need a signed letter by a practicing physician or a uh, psychologist. And federally, it seems a little bit simpler uh, to get the process. Now, in the U.K., Scotland is introducing the gender recognition certificates now these are these are these exist in british law since 2004 they're not inventing them okay. uh, but what they're doing is simplifying the process okay. and they're adopting a model that already exists in Ireland New Zealand Norway and Switzerland And Mm -hmm. in all of these places, people can self-declare their own gender identity without having to have a medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, in Ontario, for example, uh, you do need uh, a physician, um, uh, a letter signed, uh, authorised to practice in Canada, includes your statements uh, to support your request, essentially that this physician agrees that this is the best uh, the best step. In Scotland, they introduced the recognition reform bill, gender recognition reform bill, uh, which came into Scottish law uh, that effectively makes it a self-declaration process as opposed mm-hmm. to a rigorous medical procedure. Um, now, from the rest of the UK, this is how you would get a gender recognition certificate. Now, you need this... Um, if you wanted to change any of the, your, your gender on various documents, you can change your name in your sort of standard name changing kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you wanted to change your passport uh, from male to female, uh, Britain, the UK does not have a uh, ex-gender or a gender neutral um, identity, which I believe both Canada and the United States do. Um, so, if you want to go from male to female, female to male in the UK, what you have to have is you must be at least 18 years of age. You must have been living as your affirmed gender for at least two years and swear, legally swear, that you're going to do so for the rest of your life. Um, you have to have documentation where you're already living under your new name, which is legal documentation such as your driver's license and/or passport. Uh, you also need to have a, gen- a gender dysphoria. Uh, designation Uh, unfortunately there's a multi-year waiting list at the national health service and Mm -hmm. the physicians that can authorize it have to be practicing physicians in that field of study which have a multi-year waiting list Um, yeah it needs to be a UK registered medical doctor with a UK registered uh, clinical psychologist um, which have to practice in that field yeah it's it's really quite laborious when you compare it to cool. what scotland wants to do so the question is why is this why is this suddenly uh, you know a, a constitutional crisis as uh, as people have uh, have penned it now really what it boils down to is scotland's devolved government believes that within scottish law and the application of Scottish law in terms of the bureaucracy, they want to make it easier for Scottish people in Scotland to identify as wherever it would, you know, it is uh, mm-hmm. and then move on from there. The challenge mm-hmm. is, is that now the uh, British government, uh, the Conservative government and uh, Rishi Sunak um, have decided to block this legislation, really putting the concept of devolved authority and Scottish independent devolved authority really at question. And I believe mm-hmm. the first minister for Wales is also toying with the idea of also simplifying the gender recognition certificates. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be and interesting. It, this it's it's worth pointing Supreme out Court. as well that that uh,
1: Scotland and I think Ireland as well are, are kind of pseudo technical colonies as well. Wales is still basically a colony of, of England. Um, so the United Kingdom being united is a little bit, uh, it's like a united family under a taller, larger, stronger, older brother, uh, where technically, yeah, they're, they're all in it together, but really they're, they're still being told what to do. And, uh, Scotland has been a little bit more, uh, assertive over time at trying to get their independence back. They got the, the, the Stone of Scone back a while ago, the the sort of the the rock that kings used to be crowned on. Like, that was a very big deal. Um, but there has been a few years, a, a, a few events over the years where England kind of made it clear that, nope, nope, you are still ours. That was all a formality. It was just I mean, politeness. Now,
0: I, I'm going to disagree with you there because the fact of the matter is the Scotland Act of 1998 uh-huh. has very specific uh, veto clauses. Which okay. have never been used. Okay. Since 98. And it includes the veto Clause where the Secretary of State or, so, you know, the... Uh, I won't get into that but whether you have reasonable grounds to believe that a law would be incompatible with any international obligation or the interest of defense or national security uh, and the for all Scottish of the UK bill or just for, Scotland? for the UK as a whole but okay, we're talking okay, yeah. international obligations international law uh, defense and national security this Scottish gender certificate law does not mm-hmm. do that no uh, it doesn't in, no. in the emphatic opinion of of the Scots and um, so, yeah, this, this veto by the British government on what is a thoroughly devolved matter to the authority of Scotland mm-hmm. um, really is causing this question of, does the British government have the authority to veto this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that pull into question Scotland's independent ability to do any law? And mm-hmm. bearing in mind that recent polling in Scotland puts the independence movement at over 50%.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So much sure. so that
0: Nicola Sturgeon, the uh, the the equivalent of the premier of Scotland, um, asked the Supreme Court if they can hold another independence referendum. But without the British government agreeing, um, the answer was Ooh, no. So plebiscite. it's yeah, this constitutional crisis is further agitating the sort of anti-Britain sentiment in Scotland. Uh, and it seems like a self-inflicted wound by the British government.
1: Oh, there's a small separatist movement in Cornwall. Like the 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 United Kingdom is less united than it used to be. It's not uh, a very productive or aggressive or uh, a politically well put together movement in Cornwall, but it it does exist. Um, I think okay. So here's the way that I see it. This this for them to say your system is inconsistent with our system. So how we acknowledge that will be complicated, and we need to talk about that. I could see that. Like things like. You know, uh, um, people come to Canada from India and their qualifications or certifications or their diplomas are less acknowledged or they need additional training or something to be a doctor or whatever in Canada because the their our system of training is not identical to the Indian system of training. So you need a little bit of extra documentation or a little bit of extra whatever to make that work. If England were to say your system is too simple relative to our system, we need we need to find an interface, I think that would be completely fair. But for them to Mm -hmm. say, no, (laughs) that is... That's weird. Yeah, that, that that's a
0: political thing. That's that's barely even about trans rights at that point in time. That just has yeah, to do with England. It's being definitely weird. a uh, a flustering issue in Britain. Whether or not it constitutes, as I said, a constitutional crisis mm-hmm. remains to be seen. We'll keep an eye on it as it unfolds. But that is it for us this week. Hopefully, uh, Britain doesn't fall apart in the intervening seven days. But if it does, <laughs> we know what we'll be talking about next week. We're playing uh-huh. out with Stay Golden by Inveri. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening.
3: Where are the rise?